It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends. It is the first week of training camp, and we are here to talk some Orlando Magic basketball, one of the most anticipated seasons in Orlando Magic history. This is a live edition of Locked on Magic, as well as Orlando Magic Daily Twitter space. So let's, or X space, I don't know what they're called anymore. So let's get to it. It's time for Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 everyone. You are indeed Locked on Magic if you're watching on YouTube or on the Twitter spaces. You're on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Today, we are doing a live training camp episode. So we're here to hear questions, talk a little bit about what we're seeing from the Magic in training camp. All that good stuff that you guys love to hear. I'm here to talk with you guys. We'll be here maybe 40 minutes or so, 40, 45 minutes or so, longer if necessary. Uh, so bring your questions. I think I have a key in on comments or anyone is showing up. So um, bring your questions. I'm here to answer your questions here to do whatever you need me to do here for the next hour. And hopefully we'll do some more of these live shows coming in the very near future. Uh, I will apologize first. I am seeing the very bad uh, little radio signal on my on my stream yard uh, stream yard and my internet do not get along we're working on it we're in therapy we're gonna we're gonna get through this together um so if i'm a little garbled i do apologize for that uh, i will be hoping to find a fix on that very very soon before we get into that though i want to thank you all for those listening on locked on magic for subscribe for subscribing and tuning into locked on magic Rem- locked on remember you can get you can find a great locked on podcast covering every single team in the nba by searching for locked on and the team you're looking for the locked on podcast network it's your team Every day, as people begin to pile into the into the Twitter space, into uh, the into into the YouTube page, YouTube page again, please leave your comments, your questions. I will try to get to as many as I can. If you're in the Twitter spaces, go ahead and make speaker requests, uh, and, and I'll get your questions in as well. Um, but let's start with this today. Let's start with where we're at in training. Um, the big theme, and, and if you heard me talk about this and and and, and listen to Locked On Magic or, or been on Orlando Magic Daily, you know what the themes are uh, for this training camp. This training camp is about growth. It is about development. It is about maturity. It is about the details. It is about getting everything kind of fine-tuned and ready to go for the upcoming season. There are undoubtedly big ambitions for this um, whether – the Magic want to believe it or not, whether the Magic want to say it or not, you know, they're not hiding from being a playoff team. We've talked about this earlier in the week. They're not hiding from wanting to be a playoff team. What they're trying to learn now in the next week of training camp and through the next two, three weeks in preseason 
it's the day-to-day actions of a playoff team. That's really what's at stake here for the Orlando Magic. It's learning what it takes to be a playoff team every day. Um, I'm always a little dubious when a coach comes out very, or when anyone comes out early on in training camp and says, we didn't have the right intensity today. I think some of that's usually a ploy. Steve Clifford was notorious for always in the first camp was bad, but Jalen Suggs, when we talked to him earlier today at, at, uh, at, at the media availability for the Magic, said, you know, the evening session did not have the intensity that the Magic needed. And, you know, Jamal Mosley called the team out for it. Players had to kind of reflect and, and absorb that, and they came back for their, at least for their early session uh, today, and to Suggs's word, and in Suggs' words and, and in Mosley's words, had a strong effort, had a more focused effort. This team in the season is about maturity and is about finding ways to be better and more consistent with their effort, with their intensity, with their intention every day, with the time that they have together. The Magic are a determined bunch. Let's let's make that very, very clear. And, and that's why I'm a little dubious because I know we all know these guys work hard. You know, yes, sometimes they're definitely very, very young. They, they their focus wanders and, and strays sometimes, and, and honestly, that's one of their big weaknesses. What twenty seventh in the league in turnover rate last year, twenty eighth in the league in turnover rate last year. Cleaning up those turnovers and being more precise and more efficient is a big part of the game for the Orlando Magic this year. Um, and so what the team is working on right now is getting those deeds down, understanding what they have to do. Um, understanding what they what they're going to do day to day, day by day, to be a winning team. And again, that's going to start here in training camp. That's going to start with discussing and, and, and holding each other accountable and calling each other out. Sometimes, you know, one of the ways this team is growing, and mentioned this today, was that you know, last year, yeah, they held each other accountable, but sometimes they were a little late. Sometimes they waited till after a game to talk to the player or, or a less kind of threatening way rather than in the heat of battle. Um, it's not that they didn't address the issues that need to be addressed. But they came after the fact. The players were afraid to step on each other's toes, according to Suggs. This year, as Suggs put it, we're all business. This year, they want to be a, a team that is going to correct mistakes in the moment. They're not going to wait. They're not going to stop. They're not going to. Um, they're not going to wait until a problem is too far gone. They're going to address moments. They're going to address these mistakes in the moment. And look, the team's familiarity is certainly helping them kind of quickly move through things that you know Mosley described it today as they're doing things that they normally do on day five and at day two. Um, so that so the Magic are progressing and advancing the way that they want to. It seems like now the question becomes: Can they put all these pieces together? Um, can they show the consistency when the season begins? Because, you know, everyone looks good in training camp. You know, we got a week, you know, less than a week now before the first preseason game. We got two weeks until, um, you know, three weeks, I guess, until uh, two weeks from day, actually, until the first regular season game. It's going to come quickly. And obviously the Magic, you know, the, the margin of error between the Magic making or missing the postseason is going to be very, very thin. It's going to be very, very small. It's going to be very, very tiny. And and it's gonna they're going to have to start with that first game. I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. 
beating Houston on opening night, and I think Houston's going to be a tough challenge. They're a much, much improved team, you know, adding some veteran players. That is a must win before the team goes out west. They have to win that game. They have to be ready to play. And I think there is an overall determination on this team to be better. But it starts with the details. It starts with leadership. It starts with all the little things that a team has to do to win that, that you know, this team, frankly, is very unproven in showing that they can do that. That's, you know, that's the theme of training camp. You know, I, I've probably written it two or three different ways already that this season is about growing up, like plain and simple, turning the ball over less, making fewer mistakes, correcting mistakes quicker, holding each other accountable, doing the little things, whatever little things are that enable you to win, learning how to win more consistently, you know, stopping losing streaks, extending winning streaks. That's what the season's about learning. That's what this season is for this team to do. As, as Jeff Waltman said, I was listening back to his, his PD day availability. Um, they're still figuring this team is. And so this season's going to go a long way to helping them figure all of that out. Every, every little bit of it. Um, so yes, a lot of what we're focused on right now is, okay, how are, how is this team showing up in those details? How are they getting those details and how are they ending and growing from there? That's, that's my spiel for today. Um, for, for the, at least the opening segment, uh, I would love to get, um, your questions. I see a question popping in into the stream yard. So we'll get to that. Um, I have the Twitter spaces open as well. So if you have a speaker request and we'll jump on the show, that way, I'll put you up to the mic and get you there. So we will get to all of your questions and everything else coming up here in just a moment. But since I am doing Locked On Magic, I'm going to do a quick ad read. And today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Look, before Bird Dogs even jumped on with Locked On, I wanted to try them out. They, they seemed like really comfortable. The idea of a, of liner, of a liner um, pant was interesting at least you know I'm, I'm lazy like most guys but bird dogs blew me away they just simply make you look good lots of some pantry bird dogs that i wear to work that i wear to mag that i wear to magic practices and magic games they look so good that you can wear them anywhere you can wear them on the golf course you can wear them at the beach you can wear them to work bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look they do the exact thing, same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better and look a whole lot better too. Bird Dogs fix the issue of stiff, restricting cotton by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit and allows you to breathe and move around a little bit. Bird Dogs also uses anti-thick sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. They're functional for any occasion. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA to check out for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. 
J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As I said before, uh, this episode is for you guys. I want to know what your questions are um, heading into training camp and, and, what, and what you guys are thinking. I'm here to answer your questions. We'll hang out here until about 6 5 is probably when I'm going to cut it off because um, I have to eat and get ready for another podcast and the Orlando City game and the Marlins game and all that fun stuff. Check out Locked on Marlins if you want some Marlins. Um, Locked on Rays if you want to be depressed about the Tampa Bay Rays. But let's, uh, let's, let's start. So if you're on the Twitter spaces, go ahead and send in a speaker request if you want to jump in. Let's start with some two comments. Life as a Magic fan asked us, uh, I know training camp is always exciting, but do you feel a different energy in the building this year? And quite frankly, um, I do. Um, you know, even before we got to this season, there really did feel like a different energy about this Magic team. Um, just, just completely different energy about this Magic team. You know, a lot of it is fan anticipation and fan excitement. But I think the players share the same excitement for what this team's going to build and what this team's going to be, um, as just the fans do. And I think I think that is frankly exceptionally rare uh, for for kind of synergy between what the fans are feeling and, and what the team is feeling. And the sun is coming right in my eyes, so I apologize for the bad camera work. Um, this this group. You know, they've been working together for two years. It's, it's been virtually the same group for the last the last two seasons entering this year. Um, they know they're on the precipice of something. They they really did gain a lot of confidence. And and so, you know, look, I've been covering the team since the – since the uh, covering this team as a member of the media since the 2011 season. Um, and so I've been through all the rebuilds. <laughs> um, and I can tell you no season felt like this entering the season, you know, maybe the 19 and 13 season, I think that was what 2016 with Scott Skiles. Um, maybe that season started to feel a little bit like that midway when they realized, Oh, we're pretty good. Um, we know what happened there. Um, this group not only believes they're pretty good that, but they believe they're about to build something very, very different. And I think you can feel that focus in the, in the locker, you know, you can feel that focus in the gym. Um, you can feel that intensity in the team. Like, or, like these are all young guys. They're still they're still kids, um, but there is definitely an intention uh, and a focus in what this team is trying to do and what they're trying to build. And, and I think that's I think that's really really exciting. I, I think I, I feel it. I think the fans certainly feel it. I think the team certainly feels it. And, and again, we'll. We'll see, because like you said, everyone's excited on training camp. You know, Jeff Walt said it. Don't like your team uh, on media day, then you did something wrong as a general manager. Um, there's a lot of reasons to like this team. I think there's still a lot of reasons why this team could struggle, could falter. I, I, I don't want to, you know, say that it's a sure thing that this magic group's going to be what what they what what we all think they can be. But what last season felt very very real, felt very very sustained, uh, and now it's just about 
adding some maturity, adding some experience and, and growing from there. So yes, best life as a magic fan. I do feel a very different energy in the building. There's, there's, there's confidence. It's not just that they believe uh, how good they can be. They're confident that they are that good already. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, it's not Markel Fultz confidence. Markel Fultz is, is Markel Fultz, but um, it's definitely, it's definitely there and it's present. Um, again, if you're, if you're listening on the Twitter spaces, you can go ahead and drop in a um, speaker request. If you want to jump on the show, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and put your questions in the comments. I can find them and pull them up just like this one from D Handel. Do you see any improvement from vets with regard to three point shooting? Um, let me, let me just, uh, kind of hesitate, pause on this, um, so far in training camp, all they really let us do is watch the shooting drills at the end of game, at the end of practice. So I haven't seen any scrimming. The players speak in the vaguest of terms about how everyone's doing. Um, you know, they'll say, you know, Anthony Black and Jet Howard are really eager to learn. They're, you know, all they, they all say the kind of PRE right things. We're not going to know how much better everyone is until Tuesday. Uh, and even then, we're not going to know how much better everyone is until Thursday against Cleveland. And even then... We're not going to know how good everyone is until the following Tuesday against New Orleans. Um, Got to build some games up. And, and, and again, there's going to be some mixing and matching. You know, who knows who's, who's dealing with little, little knocks and injuries. Everyone's supposedly healthy at this point. But, um, but you know, are there any improvements from vets with regards to three-point shooting? Um, I think that Jalen Suggs, I don't know if Jalen Suggs counts as a vet, but Jalen Suggs looks a lot more confident as a three-point shooter in the drills that I saw him take part in. Um, you know, I think Jonathan Isaac is, you know, he shot what six for 15 on three. So that's not a big enough sample to say anything. He's what 32, 33% three point shooter before his injury. Um, Jonathan Isaac looked like a pretty confident three point shooter too. You know, a little bit of a wind up, a little bit lower than I'd like to see him start, but, um, you know, he, I think he can hit open threes. I, I think Paolo might have gotten better at three point shoot too. Surprising if he shoots a better percentage. And on top of that, I know a lot of people like to cite that he was a, a fairly poor three point shooter last year, but, by the same token as well, um, uh, by the same token as well, he, you know, take out the one for 32 February, 29% over on three, take out the one for 32 February, he shot 33.3% from three. Um, you expect young players to get better, get used to that three point line as they get used to um, playing uh, with NBA spacing. I do expect a little bit of a second year jump, not quite a Kevin Durant 20% to like 30 five, 36, 37% jump. Um, cause I don't think he's that kind of shooter. Um, but he can certainly be that kind of a shooter as well. You can certainly be the, be a, a player that, that takes a little bit of a leap. And I think it wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise me if he shoots 33% for the whole year. Wouldn't surprise me if he's up around 34, 34 approaching 35%. Um, you know, I think just generally, uh, you know, we know Gary Harris is a good three point shooter. Joe Ingles is a really good three point shooter. Uh, every time I looked over his court today, it did not seem like he missed. Um, Adding him is a big, big deal. Uh, even Anthony Black, like, um, you know, NBA University put, you know, commented on this on, on video that, that Cody Taylor took. And, and you know, I, I took some video as well. Anthony Black looks like a better three-point shooter than he was uh, in summer league. Um, it really looked like he worked on his base and kind of widening his base and making sure he had a good, solid foundation to, to get to get good lift. Um, you know, I think his shot is still prone to going left or right the way the way that he shoots it, the way that he follows through, follows through on it. Um, but... I generally, th but like watching him shoot like consistently, like it was there, like he was making a good chunk of them. Like it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a problem. The question is, you know, when you get to games, does 
old do the old habits or the old way of shooting kind of creep back in. So um, I think that that is that that is something to watch as well. Um, but you know, just generally like. You know, I don't know how much better, the, you know, again, we're not going to really know until we get into game situations, until we see these game situations. And uh, obviously the coaching staff has more information because they're watching practices and they know more than we do at this point. Um, but I do see just general three-point improvement across the board. Um, are the Magic suddenly going to be a top offense in the league? Are they suddenly going to be a team that um, is top 10 in offensive rating, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league? Absolutely not. Like. They're not, they're not there yet. Unless Paolo becomes Kevin Durant or Paolo does something really crazy or Franz does something really crazy and takes like just a leap, not just to start him, but to superstar him. This team still has some, some irons to, to work out. Um, you know, I haven't seen Markel Fultz shoot. I know a lot of people have been obsessed about that. Um, and so it's for the magic right now, it's just about seeing general improvement. Just keep getting better. Keep adding the skill sets that you need. Um, you know, you can go outside the roster as well for that. I do think the Magic will be a better three-point shooting team. I think they're a better three-point shooting team than people give them credit for. I also think that it still makes sense for them to be low-volume three-point shooting team. I know that's been something I've talked a lot about this offseason, about how the Magic's three-point math doesn't quite work, um, where they give up a lot of three-point attempts. They're good defending threes, but they give up a lot of three-point attempts. They don't take a lot of three-point attempts on their end. I do think that the Magic probably going to have to get up around 32, 33, 34. I think they're at 34. They're probably going to need to get up to around 36, 37 three-point attempts. Um, you know, again, two, three more is deal, especially if you're shooting a better percentage. Um, so that's that's kind of where the Magic stand with three-point shooting. And again, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. Once we have, you know, game guy. Like, I, I know I say this a million times. I'm a game guy. I need games. I need data. I need to just see something to really know what to really know what, what we're talking about and, and break it down. So uh, we'll, we'll see what ends up coming up from there. Uh, we have a speaker request here on, on Twitter spaces. I'm going to get to you uh, in just a moment, but first I do have to say a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. If I can get everything loaded, snap into action this NFL season, FanDuel America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $200 in bonus. bets guaranteed when you a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel's official partner of the NFL. Uh, and check it out today and use that code LOCKEDON. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
All right, I want to thank you guys for letting me uh, do my uh, my reads. Makes my life a lot easier editing editing this. Let's uh let's hear from Kyler Aub- Kyler Aubrey. Uh, he co- brings in the speaker request. Uh, let's let him get in. Uh, Kyler, are, are you there? Kyler, are you there, my man? Kyler, are you there? Kyler, are you there? Okay. Uh, no. Maybe not. Maybe I didn't add him. That's maybe that. Hey, Kyler. Oh, still connecting. Okay. Um, while we're waiting, Kyler, if you do have a question and you're watching on YouTube, you can go ahead and pop into the YouTube. You you can pop into the YouTube and leave a comment. Uh, I'm here for you guys. I'm gonna hang out here probably for the next 15 minutes or so. 15 minutes or so. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot lot to say. You know, we're still kind of waiting. Like I said, for um, for uh, uh, for, you know, games to happen and for us to get, get more information. So I apologize. Um, I guess Kyler uh, popped off. Uh, so uh, th- thank you. Thank you, Kyler. Go ahead and try again. If you can, if you have a question about the magic, um, be sure to jump in. Um, let's let, you know, let's, let's dive, you know, while we're waiting, um, one of the things that obviously people are kind of talking about uh, a little bit is, is the magic's future. Um, and, 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 and the kind of the, the, the question that's rising about, um, who they, you know, what they do with their big contracts. Cole Anthony, Marco Fultz. They have four potential free agents coming up this offseason. Um, uh, four potential free agents this offseason with Cole Anthony, Marco Fultz, the two big. And, you know, I think there is a a, a general worry among Magic fans that they're not going to get deals done. And, and, you know, we've talked a lot about them, kind of the debate that's going to go into whether to re-sign them or not. Um I don't think it's necessarily a debate about whether to resign them. I think the Magic would like to bring both back. I, I think the issue is more about the cost. How much is it going to cost? You know, is you know, I've had Marco Fultz in the kind of eighteen to twenty million dollar a year range. Um, he's up a contract where he made sixteen, but he might be looking for more. I think Cole is looking. At, I think I have Markel in kind of the twenty to twenty three range. Um, I have Cole in the eighteen money range. Maybe Cole's looking for a little bit more. Uh, uh more. Um, you know, it, it it's hard to say, and, and you know. Um, at media day, at media day, um, both kind of demurred. They didn't really want to talk about, they didn't, you know, they said our focus is on training camp, our focus is on the season ahead. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot of Magic fans have asked me about this personally. Um, and I think that it's probably to the benefit for both of them to play this season out because there's still just so much unproven about them. Just because they do not sign extensions today or, or before the deadlines, or before the season begins, does not mean the Magic are not going to keep them. I, I want that to be perfectly clear. The Magic, the way I know Jeff Waltman likes to operate, I am sure good relationships with their with their with the representatives. I'm sure there are some offers on the table, and I'm sure it will be like, okay, here's the offer on the table. Go out and prove to us that you should make more. And if you do that, we'll be happy to negotiate and happy to pay that. Um, I, I think that that is. I think that is part of part of the way that, that, that Weltman operates. And look, both of these guys are really good players, but they're unproven. Marco Fultz won a fully healthy season under his belt. Having a healthy season after a healthy off season could certainly spike his value, or not only around the league, but for the Magic themselves. And, and look, there's a lot of questions among national media about who the point guard for this team should be. Um, and so that is certainly part of kind of what the Magic are trying to determine. And look, I love Marco Fultz. I know Magic fans love Marco Fultz. 
Um, they, you know, it's not slam he's back. Um, but I do think they'd like him back more than not. Cole Anthony's the same way. I love Cole Anthony. He's been fantastic. I really like him as six man, but he's also made it publicly very clear that he believes he's a starter in this league. There's no bigger cheerleader on this team. I don't think he's a problem or anything. He really believes in this team. Um, you know, he really believes in his teammates. He's the biggest cheerleader for the team. Um, and, and so that is that is part of part of the negotiation there. That is part of what's going into some of these talks as well. Um, you know, Cole Anthony had a really nice season last year coming off the bench. It was that was his first season coming off the bench. He hasn't proven that he can be a solid sixth man or much less better starter. And so another strong year helps him do that. Honestly, like I think it is to the benefit for both Marco Fultz and Paul Anthony to play out this season, have good years, and cash in next summer. And so I kind of think both sides understand that, and both sides are welcome to that possibility. And so I think that it's very, very possible that that's uh, what we see. Let's dive back into some viewer questions. Um, so if you're on the Twitter spaces, go ahead and make a request if you want to jump on the show. Let's hear from uh, Chubby Monster 4 who says, Grass, is there anyone who thinks will surprise us in preseason slash the start of the season? Um, let's see. Surprise, 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 surprise. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to say that because we know most of these players. Um, you know, uh, D. Randall asked how his Isaac looked initially. I would probably put Jonathan Isaac in that group as who will surprise us in the preseason. And and some of that is a lot of us haven't watched a Jonathan Isaac with no restrictions since 2020. It's been three years. And again, by all accounts, Isaac is playing with no restrictions. He is doing pickup. He did pickup runs before training camp started. He is in every workout, every training session, every practice right now. He and Jalen Suggs were getting into it at, at practice today when the media was in there. Um, in a three-point shooting contest, and Isaac was winning those. And that's not Jalen Suggs was shooting poorly. Jalen Suggs was shooting a lot better. Um, I think Jonathan Isaac, look, if Jonathan Isaac's as good as we all remember three years ago, now it's three years ago. It's a long time ago. He's got to prove that he can stay on the court. If he proves himself to be that good, the Magic have three really good forwards. And there's, of course, the um, potential and the opportunity to start all three of them and to try and play all three of them. I, I think that the magic will try to line up with Isaac Bancaro and Franz Wagner all together. Uh, I think that, I think the magic would be foolish not to play those three together and not to try and play those, those three. Together. Um, I, I just think, you know, we all know what kind of impact Isaac can make defensively now that he has kind of a steady base on him. Now he kind of has a, a steady hand on him. Now maybe we see him take, another step up and, and see, you know, we'll obviously see him play for the first time and see him play regularly. Um, I think that that is, I think there's a lot of potential there. And I think there's a lot of chance that, that Isaac, um, Isaac has a really strong showing and, and really, you know, I don't want to say make the magic thing. Cause I think Franz and Paolo are probably still guys they world around, but allows them to be creative and try different things. And so, um, you know, I think Isaac will be a surprise. I don't think Magic fans are giving Joe Ingles his proper due. Um, I don't think a lot, of, you know, yes, Ingles is on the older side, so he probably doesn't have as much in the tank, but, and, and he was during the World Cup, um, so we didn't get to see him at full force there. But Ingles is, Ingles is really good, um, and he's just a guy that just kind of makes everyone get together. Um, one thing I really love about Wendell Carter is he's a great kind of passer from the high post, so you can kind of use him as a fulcrum, and, you give the ball to him in the high post, he's going to make a good pass and step into a screen. 
Ingles is like the same way. He's an excellent passer. You know, as much as everyone's really excited to add him for a shooting, he's an excellent passer. He makes the right pass. They're usually on target. They're usually pinpoint. Um, you know, he runs pick and rolls. And even though he's not super fast, he knows how to create space for himself and how to, more importantly, how to manipulate space to create for others. Um, you know, you're obviously doing this in, in sort of a smaller sample size and, and, and smaller, uh, smaller groupings, but he's, he's an excellent three-point shooter, which the Magic obviously need. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think that, A, you know, he's, he's much healthier now after the ACL injury. The knee is fine. You know, he had, had an ankle issue, I think, during the World Cup. Now we're going to see how he can contribute to this team. And obviously this Magic team needs shooting. Like, if I have a controversial hot take, it's that Jed Howard's going to have a better rookie year than Anthony Black. And, you know, I'm really encouraged by some of the things I've, I've seen personally from Anthony Black. Uh, but, um, but, you know, is he going to take another, you know, what's he going to do his rookie year? Um, you know, I, I think Ingles' skill set is really, really valuable and, and fits a lot of what the Magic do. Now, can he hold his own defensively? Or the Magic? You know, he's a good defender, never been a great defender. Um, are, how is he going to be able to hold his own defensively? How's he going to, ha- you know, handle – the grind again, you know, is he going to be able to, to, to match up physically? That is certainly a fair question to ask and, and, and a reason why you know, Joe Ingles isn't um, isn't part of, of the future. Um, I kind of answered this question, but I'll, I'll pop it up here. Durandal asks, who has impressed you the most at media day and early in training camp? Um, Joe has definitely been a big one. Um, talking to him at media day was was fun. Like He is everything that has been advertised. You know, players talk very glowingly about him and – you know, presence that he's bringing and, you know, he's very laid back, um, you know, that, you know, everyone knows him as this great trash talker and, and he has someone that talks and everyone's kind of talked about it already. Um, but he's just seemingly a good guy. And, 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 you know, he said, you know, you know, I, I'm not career in championships. I want to be a veteran presence. I want to, you know, pass things down to the next generation. I want to be somewhere where, you know, my kid can go to a, go to a good school. And his, his oldest uh, child is, is, is on the, is on the spectrum. Joe Ingles is very big into uh, autism awareness. Um, you can you, you can check out Joe Ingles a little bit. I check you can check out some of Joe Ingles' work work on that front, and, and it's very very worth your time. And I'm sure he's going to have some have some programs as well. Uh, he's in Orlando. Um, you know, Ingles Ingles definitely impressed. Um, honestly, quietly not so quietly, but I, I don't think fans have talked about it. You know, you know, the biggest addition to this team has been Arnie Kander. Um, Arnie Kander is a new vice president of player performance. He is essentially the head trainer for the team. Um, he really seems to have changed the approach for a lot of players. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, don't, I don't want, don't like to criticize doctors or, or medical personnel because I, we don't know, you know, we don't know everything they do. Injuries are random. You know, you, you can't really control a lot of things. Um, but I think it is telling. And I think it is important that after three very injury filled seasons, you know, the magic moved on from, you know, a, a high performance director and in, in David and David Tenney, who came from the soccer world to, to the NBA. They went for him, Lindsay, Lindsay Winninger, who was, you know, a, a physical, ther- you know, physical therapist. She helped rehab Lindsay Vaughn. So, like, it's not that these people don't know the human being. They just don't know basketball. Arnie Kander was the head trainer for the, or was one of the trainers for the Detroit Pistons. Um, back when they made their champions in thousands. And his approach is very like whole body. Like they have ended their two practice sessions that the media were led into with some stretching along the wall with Bob Marley. Um, you know, A, good choice in music. B, 
that's not something that the Magic were necessarily doing under previous guys. And again, who knows what the approach is they're doing back. I, I'm not here to criticize what previous regimes have done, but uh, but like everybody we asked about, can't everyone we asked about Arnie Kim has been very very high on his approach and very very complimentary of what he has added uh, to the group and, and to and to the team. And so um, I, I think that I think that is that is part of the equation as well. Uh, again, we're still we're going through through fewer questions here. So if you're on the Twitter spaces and you have a speaker request, go ahead and uh, raise your hand if you'd like to ask a question. Um, if you're on YouTube as well, you can leave a comment, just like this one from Luis Moreno, who asks, I'm sorry if you already talked about him. We didn't, don't worry. But how do we feel about Mo? Seems odd to me that people aren't talking about him as much after his great World Cup run. And that's very, very fair, Lewis. Um, you know, I, I don't think we are talking enough about Mo Wagner and, and what he provides. Um, I was really impressed with his run at the World Cup. I thought he defended really well, which has been my bugaboo with him. Um, you know, he's obviously just, he set really, really good screens. I have him as the team's backup center. I like Goga Batadze a lot. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a competition between uh, Mo Wagner and Goga Batadze. Um, but I think I think Mo Wagner is going to get those backup center minutes. I think his um, his defense, especially or his offense, especially is something this team needs. He's going to be in lineups with Jonathan Isaac and Jalen Suggs, so they'll probably be covered defensively in a lot of ways. Um, so Mo Wagner's offense, ability to just around the basket, his ability to step out and hit threes, his great screening, um, I think are are really big piece. Are you know are it's a pretty big piece of the puzzle uh, for this Magic team and and for what they're hoping to accomplish this year. So, uh, you know, Mo had a, a career season last year, really stepped out. You know, I was a doubt of his two years ago, really sold me, just plays with such great energy, plays with just enough of an edge. He's like right on the borderline. Um, the Magic need a guy like that. That's going to kind of wake him up and, and you know, be loud sometimes. You know, this is a quiet group sometimes. Um, he He's going to help this team tremendously. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't know what Jamal Mosley's ultimate philosophy is going to be because he's never really had a healthy roster um, in, in his tenure. Um, but I suspect that like Goga Batadze will be the one that gets the spot starts if Wendell Carter has to miss time. And that's probably when Wendell Carter has to miss time. But I think Mo Vaughn is still going to get a good chunk of minutes off the bench. Um, I think that he's, you know, he's going to get a lot of playing time. I expect him to average around 10, 12 points per game to get points per game again a year. I'd like to see him be a little bit better defensively on the interior, but he led the team in taking charges last year. So, you know, you know, his energy is good. You know that he gives you, gives you everything, um, everything that, that, that you, that you need um, to that point, you know, Durandall uh, made this comment. Wendell's by the most under player on this team. Him and Fulcher blue that holds the team together. Look at the magic's record when either are out. That is absolutely true. Um, and, you know, again, so many questions about this magic team are really about injuries. Um, you know, Wendell Carter's never played more than 67 games in a season in his career. He's got to get above that number. He's got to, he's got to, he's got to be healthy. Like he is that important. Like I agree. He is the glue to this team. He does such a good job facilitating, finding the right guys. Um, I, I really, really, really like Wendell Carter and obviously um, love what he can bring to this, to this team. Um, Again, we're going to hang out here. Hope hang out here maybe for another 10 minutes or so. If there are so questions, if you have a question on the YouTube page, go ahead and pop a comment. I can pop, I can pop it up on the screen and answer. If you're in the Twitter spaces, go and make a speaker request. I saw someone make a speaker request while uh, in that last answer. So if you want to jump in with your question, um, please go ahead and do, do so. Uh, so I can answer your questions. Obviously this is your time. 
Uh, I want to do more of these um, kind of Q and A's and live shows as well. You know, maybe bring back the, the live pregame show for some road games as well. So we can uh, chat up magic before upcoming games and, and do a whole, whole lot more. So um, got a speaker request here on the, uh, on the Twitter spaces, uh, skinny, skinny Hardaway. Uh, hey, skinny. How you doing, my man? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. What do you got? Uh, just first wanted to thank you for coming so far. Our training camp has been awesome. Obviously, all of us Magic fans have been waiting all summer for this, so it's dope to see all the coverage. Um, summer, uh, a thought that I've had for this Magic team is that if they can rank in the top 10 um, on the defensive end, then they'll be a really good team. Coming training camp, that's all I've heard, actually, so that's really exciting. Um, I wanted to ask you, so far from what you've seen at training camp, have you seen, because uh, I, I saw an interview with J.I., and he was talking about the next step for him on the defensive end is to uh, vocalize more. Obviously, he feels like he makes the reads and know what he's supposed to be, but have you seen him or any other guys kind of take charge on the defensive end and lead this team? Yeah, so, you know, unfortunately, they're very limited in what we see in in, in practice. Um, you know, they're they're letting us in, you know, maybe for the last five to ten minutes to get some B-roll, watch them around, so... I've only seen them shoot. So I, I cannot, I, you know, I can't speak yet to how, um, how much better defense anyone is or, or where they're at defensively. But, um, you know, I, I really like what Isaac said and, and you know, Jalen Suggs spoke today, backed that up, said, you know, someone after Jonathan Isaac says, you guys believe that, that he believes they can be a top 10 defense. What do you think? And Suggs was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I believe we can. We got speed, we got size, we got strength, we got skill, like, something that Isaac said really stood out to me that he's been talking directly with Jalen Suggs um, about what they can do defensively. Uh, and so I think that, you know, I, I, I do think that there's something that there's something there on um, the numbers magic finished with 18th, I want to say, or 17th in the league in defensive rating overall. So nearly top half the league Um, there were seventh or sixth or seventh in the league in rating after December 7th, there is real defensive potential here. There, there is real defensive potential. And, you know, like, everyone's been saying it's about getting those deals down. It's about, you know, over communicating where you're going to be and knowing what your coverages are going to be. It's reducing turnovers. Like that's the biggest thing, reduce your turnovers. Um, and you're going to be set up really, really you're going to be set up really, really well to, uh, to, to be in the half court. I think the magic's half court defense is really good. Jamal Mosley, I think is fantastic. I saw someone, um, someone, someone on here asked about Jamal Mosley's development as a coach. And that's something I'm very interested in as well. Um, you know, Jamal Mosley does a really good job mixing up defensive coverages. He makes sure that opposing teams are not comfortable. You know, whether it's Cole Anthony giving token pressure to slow down a team getting into their sets or, you know, being able to switch one through five or blitzing screens. Like, I think I think something we will see this year, imagine be more aggressive with their defensive coverages and schemes because they know what they're doing. They know, you know, where they're supposed to be. They know what these coverages are supposed to be. They trust each other a lot more. So I do see it, this team taking a big defensive leap. Um, you know, I think I go back to Steve Clifford and what he used to say, the top 10, if you're top 10 in the league in, in one category and top half of the league in the other, and in the other, you should be a playoff team. And I, and I think that's kind of what the max goal should be. Be top 10 in the league defensive. You're top 10 in the league in defense. You're probably making the playoffs. If the Magic can somehow get to 15, I know there were what, 26th, 20th league in offensive rating last year. If they could somehow get 
close to the top half of the league. Let's say four, you know, get out of the bottom 10. They haven't, haven't been outside the top, the bottom 10 in offensive ratings since Dwight left. Like that's, that's the reality. If the Magic show any semblance of offensive like life, this team could be really, really good and, and, and really take a major step forward. So, you know, I haven't, I can't, unfortunately, I can't speak directly to what we're seeing defensively. Um, but, uh, but I do think that this team is, is poised to take a major step forward defensively. You know, what we saw from Paolo Bancaro um, at the World Cup certainly hinted that he now understands he has another level he can get to defensively. A healthy Wendell Carter not dealing with the, the plantar fascia issue really, you know, ups his defense because I think he took a little bit of a step back defensively. And again, he's not going to use the injury as an excuse, but the injury was a good excuse for that. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of magic to continue growing and learning. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, let's, uh, let's get, let's do another question on YouTube. If you're on the Twitter spaces, you can go ahead and, um, and, uh, drop in with a, a speaker request. If you want to ask a question, um, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce that because I, I don't, I'm not very good at German. I don't want to butcher, butcher the language. Um, but I appreciate all our listeners in Germany. We're all, we're all big Germany fans, uh, in, in the world from the world cup and Eurobasket the last few years and very excited for the Olympics this summer. Um, but he asked, how is Franz doing? And I think, this is an important question because um, as much as we're obsessed over Paolo Bancaro taking another step to stardom, you know, Marco Fultz coming back, Carter coming back, Jason Suggs getting better, Jonathan Isaac coming back, all these guys, Fonz does get lost in the shuffle. Um, and so, uh, again, I haven't seen them practice. I haven't seen that. I've seen them practice, but I haven't seen them do scrimmages. I haven't seen them do games. So I can't tell you directly one way or the other. We saw what Franz did at the World Cup. We saw him play at the World Cup. We know what he's capable of doing. We know we know that you know, we know that he is at that level. Um, it certainly feels like that is going to translate to the NBA. It, it, you know, again, we we saw seen him do that in the NBA now for the last few years too. Um, the question with Franz, and I think this will probably be a podcast pretty soon. I don't want to say it. we talk to Franz. We might talk to Franz tomorrow after 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 uh, practice. So. Um, this might be a question better left for our next episode of Locked On Magic. These are alert, um, but um, but uh, look, we know what Franz is capable of doing. We've seen him do it two years now. For Franz, it is about doing it more, doing it better, just continuing to just be that constant drumbeat. Sometimes even being a little bit selfish. You know, he is he is so unselfish. Sometimes he just has to demand the ball, and I think that's something that the Magic want to see him do. Um, and, and I don't know if it's just in his nature, it's his nature not to be that way. Um, but he looks fresh. He looks really good. Um, you know, the World Cup was a month ago. He looks recovered. He looks ready to go after that. So, you know, I think I think we're all really excited for what Franz can do. I, I don't mean for him to get lost in the shuffle. Um, uh, to get lost in the shuffle, he just does. You just take what he does for granted. So uh, if I have a lesson, if I have a, a lesson that I'm going to hold myself to this year, um, don't take spectacular for granted um just because something is normal does not mean it should not be celebrated and and, and that's kind of the franz wagner story because he does say things that are spectacular that he just makes feel normal and 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 again i think we're going to expect to see some of that again this year um pax brian asks on youtube who came in most noticeably bigger and stronger um i think i'm not I, i'm not a big fan of muscle loss personally but um I think it's Jalen Suggs, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, Jalen Suggs, just his whole outlook, 
feels like it just completely changed. Um, it felt like this was just a really good off season uh, for him to kind of reset himself, you know, take stock of things and, and, and really become appreciative of his journey. Um, you know, he, he spoke really at length about it, how, you know, some of the injury issues and some of the struggles that he had on the court really affected him personally and, and really kind of knocked him down a couple pegs. And, and he needed the time to kind of take a step back and appreciate things a little bit more. And I really feel like that's what he did this offseason, that he really spent his time not only improving his skill and playing, obviously, but, but you know, finding some in the game again, you know, making, making sure basketball is in its pro- proper place and just rebalancing his life. Um, on top of that, on top of that, you know, he does look noticeably built. Like his, his shoulders look like, you know, his shoulders look, I don't want to say whitish, but they, they look big. Um, he said today, you know, he really focused on his balance on, you know, gaining, you know, getting stronger, but getting, get, getting lighter, getting quicker, being able to take it's a little bit better, being able to get to the basket, working on his decision-making, which is, which I think is, is a really big thing for him. Um, you know, Jay, you know, Jay, Jay, if there's one player, you know, I think we all think Markel can take a pretty big leap this year, but if there's one player that could take a really significant leap this year and match from good team to great team, um, Jalen Suggs could be that guy. Um, we've seen what that potential is. We know what that potential is. Like I say this all the time. The draft guys don't get players wrong. Like they don't get talent wrong. They might get players wrong. They might get people wrong. They don't get talent wrong. There's a reason Jalen Suggs was among the top guys in this class for the entire of that draft class until the Raptors pass him at number four. Um, that talent does not go away. He is still that talented player. He knows he's still that talented player. But he's had to face some adversity early on in his career. And, you know, the Magic have stuck with him. He's stuck with himself. He's, you know, worked hard. This is the season to start putting some of that some of that together and to really show us um, who he could be. So I, I, I'm really, I, I really do believe Jalen Suggs is due for a, a really, really strong season. And, and again, we'll, again, it'll kind of define where the rest of his career goes. Is he a starter? Is he good coming off the bench? Like, like what kind of player is he? Now, we're going to find that out this year. And again, I think I think that's the exciting thing about this entire season is we're going to find out about a lot of these guys. Um, you know, if, if there is a reason, you know, I was, I was talking to someone about this today. If there is a reason to doubt the Magic make the leap, it is simply because they haven't done it before. Um, I love what Jonathan Isaac said. You know, Jonathan Isaac's one of like four players on this team with playoff experience. It's him, Markel, Gary, and Joe Ingles. Um Jonathan Isaac said, said this, um, he said, we have all the pieces we need to make the playoffs. We have all the pieces we need to be one of the best, um, best teams, uh, you know, that, that he's been a part of, and he's been part of some decent teams with magic. The only thing they're missing is experience. The only thing they don't have is that they've done it before. And so the fun of this season is we're going to get that experience together. We're going to watch them get experience together. Um, and, and, and honestly, like I would advise fans, like don't focus on the results. Like they make the playoffs, you know, absolutely, you know, first off, maybe unequivocal here, the magic should make the playoffs They're a good enough team to make the postseason. They should at least be in the play-in tournament. Uh, I, I would be, I would be disappointed if they don't make the play-in tournament. Um, and my expectation for them is that they make the play-in tournament. I would be unequivocal about that. Um, but I don't necessarily think the season is a failure if they don't. Um, this this season is about the journey. Um, it's about the day to day grind and figuring out who 
is who's good, who's bad, who stays, who goes, all that stuff. Um, but it is about the journey of being there and, and figuring out what this team needs. Um, I'm going to wrap up the show here very, very shortly. Um, so if you have any last speaker requests on the Twitter spaces to jump in, uh, go ahead and jump in. Um, if you are in the YouTube page, go ahead and leave a comment. Um, well, um, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get one last comment here from Durandal. Um, he says, how has the upbeat media day and overall team spirit toward wanting to be a playoff team affected your overall enjoyment to covering a team, AKA feel an upbeat tick in your fandom this year. Um, let me let me put it this way. Um, just just from a journalist perspective, uh, and and you know, I think I think sometimes people, you know, there's been a lot of debate um, over the course of the off season about the line between fan and journalists sometimes. And um, you know, I, look, I'm going to be, I'm not going to shy away from this. I am a Magic fan. I grew up a Magic fan, a Magic fan my my entire life. I've watched this team my entire life. I feel like I can speak authoritatively on their history because I've I've lived it, watched it, and and done all that. Um, as a trade journalist, I know how to put my journalist hat on and speak about the team objectively and, and think about the team objectively. But um, I say this, um, as a human being, being around other human beings, you want them to be successful. Uh, the most fun teams I have been around and I've covered in my lifetime and my professional career have been winning teams. The, the team that I absolutely adore and love um, – with all my heart, um, is the Northwestern softball team. I covered Northwestern softball for the Daily Northwestern in 2007. They went to the Women's College World Series. Um, that was my second beat at, at, for the paper. I covered women's basketball the year, the year before, and I love all those girls too. And that, that, that was a great, that was a good group to be around. Um, but they were like, they won four games in the Big Ten. Um, they, they were, they were, there was definitely a struggle. Um, you know, the, the men's basketball team that I covered won two games in the Big Ten. One, I think one, just one game in the Big Ten. And I, I was actually not on that trip. And I was so happy when they won. Um, and, you know, I've met, met back with them uh, on, on, on a few occasions as well. Um, a human being, you want the people you're around to succeed. Um, and, and, I, and I I think one of the things that, that we forget about journalism is journalists are humans too. They're allowed to be human. They're allowed to have some emotion, you know. They have to know when to put that emotion in check, you know, when to when to you know, put that emotion to the side and cover the facts objectively. But, you know, honestly, I think you're not doing your job correctly or doing your job properly if you are not at least on some small level um, wanting the, the people you're around to succeed and, and wanting them to do well. Um, first off, when they're doing well, they're in a better mood. They want to talk to you. It makes your job a little bit easier. You don't have to, you know. You ask hard questions when you need to ask hard questions. I don't think you shy away from that. But I do think I've always approached journalism is, is from a human level. You know, I'm around these people a lot and, and I see how hard they work. Um, if there's one thing that's changed about my perspective since I started covering, covering the magic, you know, more full time and more regularly, if there's one thing that's changed, it's I have come to respect the players a whole lot more and respect the work that they do and the work that they put in every single day. Um, that is, that is something that, um, that is something that I have, I have really come to understand about this league that, that I didn't understand before I started covering team. You know, covering all team is like, oh, you know, the team made this decision, yada 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 yada. When I started being around the players more, I was like, oh, there is a lot of work that goes into being a player. There's a lot that goes into it. There, there are a lot of dynamics that you just don't understand. Um, and so, I have always come to the approach that. 
that, that, you know, I want people around me to succeed. Like I'm happy for, I'm always happy for other people's success. Um, you know, you always ask why it doesn't work. You always ask the tough questions and you need to ask the tough questions. You know, I, I don't think that that ever clouds you, but I will admit this, like being on this team, the energy is very, very different. Um, it is different than anything that we experienced during the last decade during this rebuild. There is, there is confidence. There is uh, uh, an understanding of what it's going to take and, and, and at least uh, a little bit of, of, you know, certainly a belief that they're going to do what they do. And, you know, they're just good. They're good kids. They're good people. And, 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 you know, I think ultimately, you know, you, we're all humans, human, you know, this, this is, this is about human relationships in the end, when you're, when you're covering a team and you're talking to a team, um, you want, if you don't want at some level for these people, for, for these people to succeed, you obviously can't do much to affect it. You know, you're, you know, you're not, you're not like openly rooting for it, or you're not, you know, I don't know, not openly rooting for it, but you're not, you know, you're not going to, you know, I personally, just for me, I, I don't celebrate people's failures. I, I just, I don't celebrate people's failures. That's, that's not my approach to life and not my approach to, to my job. Um, I do want these guys to succeed. Now, will they, won't they, you know, I put my ass hat on and tell you the reasons why they will, the reasons why they won't. Um, but from a personal level, just being around these guys, knowing how hard, hard, hard these guys work, I, I do want them to succeed. And, 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 you know, I think, I think it's impossible just as reporters, as, as observers, as fans, as, as team, it's impossible not to feel the energy in that building right now and to, and to be swept up a little bit in the hope that this team uh, is providing. Um, I'm going to have to cut us off there. Um, so I appreciate everyone who's able to jump in on the Twitter spaces, everyone who watched live on the YouTube stream. This is going to be the, the Thursday episode of Locked On Magic. So if you missed our live episode, be sure to listen to Locked On Magic uh, to get the, to find out the next time we do a live show, I may be doing a preview show. Um, we'll, we'll see if I end up doing that. I may set that up uh, for the new Orleans game. Maybe we'll do a just watch. I don't know. Um, but be sure to check us out wherever you download podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore on D subscribe to the podcast and Apple podcast. So you're tuning in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast. It's on the Orlando magic. Be check out Orlando magic daily.com. And of course you can subscribe to my new Patreon page, the Orlando magic hub. You can find that at patreon.com Orlando Magic Hub. Check out all the great content that I am putting up there. Again, I want to thank everyone who's able to join the show on the YouTube page as well as the show on the Twitter spaces. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Frostman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic, another on our Twitter spaces here at Orlando Magic Daily. Have a great day, everyone. And uh, and, and speaking of fandom, go Mets. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.